The name's Bond. James Bond. I'm gonna make him an orphan gambler. I am the father. No, I decide who I am. This is Sparta! Here we go. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie yet or don't want it spoiled, tune out now because we're about to give our thoughts and opinions on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My name's Alex. And I'm Hannah. Actor Rick Dalton gained fame and fortune by starring in a 1950s television western, but is now struggling to find meaningful work in a Hollywood that he doesn't recognize anymore. He spends most of his time drinking and palling around with Cliff Booth, his easygoing best friend and longtime stunt double. Rick also happens to live next door to Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate, the filmmaker and budding actress whose futures will forever be altered by members of the Manson family. Okay, so, I mean, overall, I gotta say, I definitely like the movie. Um, I've heard a lot of people say they really, really didn't like the movie, but, like, with a strong passion. Really? Apparently, they just didn't understand the movie, and they were saying that they felt like there was no real plot, uh, which I guess I can kind of see, you know, from their standpoint, right? Because if you're going to see a movie just for the sake of watching a movie and you don't really know anything about anything, I can definitely see how you can get super confused, right? Because... This movie just kind of gets into the whole scene and the whole era and doesn't really explain anything. So I I can kind of see what they're talking about. But yeah, I don't know. I I definitely feel that, you know, for the people who who go into it already knowing, uh, you know, a a bit of uh, what the underlying story is, they they'll definitely get a lot more out of it. Well, let's um, let's talk about the underlying story. So this film basically rewrites Hollywood history. And it deals with the murder of Sharon Tate and her friends by the Manson family. I definitely suggest, before going to the movie, to Google the Tate murders and also maybe the Manson family, just to have a general understanding. Also, you might want to look into the 1960s, some films that were prominent and some major actors and some pop culture figures that were influential during the times. I definitely think, you know, look, looking up the Charles Manson whole story with murdering uh, Sharon Tate and everything, that that's definitely for sure 100% a given that you kind of need to know uh, if you're to understand, uh, you know, the movie in general. But as for everything else, um, you know, if you already know a bit about other stuff, that's going to help you out. But I wouldn't recommend going out of your way to look all that other stuff up. And, you know, they, they introduce, you know, Bruce Lee kind of coming up and they have a little fight scene that was pretty cool and then also uh, just kind of the the staging and everything in, in you know the world how they're recreating that era and and that time period and everything I, I really like that they had uh, during one of the shots of you know on set they had a poster in the background of Tora 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 which is a, a, a movie that they had you know a movie that was about uh, Pearl Harbor and everything and the reason I know that is just because uh my dad had told me about that movie, and I saw the poster uh, when he showed it to me, and I thought, huh, that's a pretty cool poster. And then when I saw it in the movie, I was like, well, hey, hey, <laughs> look at that. They did a superb job crafting the era of the late 60s. The clothing, the cars, the the beer even, the cigarettes. I thought that was such a cool touch. And even um, whenever um, Cliff Booth was, Booth was feeding his dog, I noticed like a funny little thing like the... The can was flavor was rat flavored. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute and funny. I don't know if that's sixties <laughs> related know, or if that was just for the sake of <laughs> rat flavored. It's like, not. It's not. <laughs> I don't. I hope it wasn't. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, also you know, creating that world. I I, I also think you know, 
just kind of like with a way bigger sets or you know it, it was probably cgi you know I, i'm not too sure but like for example you know all the highway scenes with all the old uh you know 60s cars and then just driving up and down all those different streets and all the buildings and then uh you know also like when sharon tate went to go to the movies and everything just kind of uh the movie posters and and i don't know just everything there i thought that was cool i i definitely agree i also wanted to talk about the character of rick dalton and what he wasn't a real person but he was a combination of hollywood actors such as steve mcqueen he starred in the television series wanted dead or alive and an interesting fact i found out was he was actually going to visit sharon tate on the night of her murder Ty Harden, he traveled to Italy to star in spaghetti westerns, like Rick Dalton, and Pete Duell, who struggled with undiagnosed bipolar issues, as well as alcoholism. All of those characteristics were evident in Rick Dalton, and I just found that incredibly interesting, just all the different people that Tarantino drew from to create this character. But yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the specific scenes uh, that kind of called out to me and I, I that you know I just wanted to highlight a little bit uh, one of them being kind of the whole just kind of the relationship that Leonardo DiCaprio his character had with with uh, the little girl in the film because you know when he's on set for the western right he there's a part where he goes to his chair and he sees the girl reading a book and and he's like can I join you and she's like sure I mean just you know don't bother me he sits down he starts reading the book anyway it eventually ends up with him kind of having a breakdown and crying. I thought that was like just really powerful just because he, they were talking about how, you know, he's basically becoming a has-been and, and, you know, he's seeing this little girl basically be his replacement. I, I thought it was actually quite funny. <laughs> I was in the movie theater laughing at that scene because he was so broken down about this and everything. And it was just in front of this little girl. And I guess he felt a sense of vulnerability around her. And she was quite confused about how to handle him in that situation. And she kind of knew that something was wrong. So I was in the theater. Well, yeah, obviously something's going to be wrong <laughs> if somebody's crying. Yeah. But... I mean, regardless if it's an adult or not. But, you know, from her standpoint, he's like a big actor. But also her character was so, like, strong that she was, like, she didn't really care. Which was kind of like she was almost the adult in that situation. They kind of flips places. Yeah, but I mean, just basically kind of just back to, uh, you know, what I was, uh, you know, mainly talking about is is just the fact that, you know, uh, so she sees him crying, right? And and it's all about him thinking he's a has-been and he's lost, you know, his touch and everything. Uh, and then further along in the movie, there's a part where he does a scene, right? He's the bad guy in this supposed Western and uh, he has the little girl held hostage, right? And so he grabs her and they're shooting this scene and uh, he throws her on the ground and and he he makes his demands and does this whole scene really great and everything and then uh at the end of it the little girl gets up and and just goes and whispers into uh you know leo's ear just like that was the best acting i've ever seen because then you can see you know leo's character you know rick dalton have a little moment there and kind of tear up a bit uh you know which just kind of confirms for for himself like yeah I still got it. It's okay. <laughs> I thought it also the moment before he got on set, whenever he was missing his lines and, you know, he was kind of like sliding down whenever he got to the trailer and he was yelling at himself in the mirror. 
I just was like, oh my goodness, because I kind of found like, I kind of found that a little bit relatable because sometimes in like situations, you're kind of your own worst enemy. And you know, he was like, no, I'm not going to have another drink. I'm not going to have another drink. And then he like takes it, sips it and then throws it out of his trailer and closes the door. And I was laughing so hard at that moment because there's so many times where I've just been like one more Netflix show before I start studying. Yeah, and I thought that was also really funny. Also, just when when they do, uh, just that kind of thing, right? Where they put you in that world of like, they're filming this Western and they're doing this scene and you're basically like watching it as if you're watching the movie, right? And then in the middle of it, (laughs) it'll just go line and it's like what the heck and then they give him the line and he he just like you know uh struggles and he's just like trying to get back into the into the character and everything to say the line and i thought that was really funny yeah i was i honestly related to it very very much as a theater actor there's so many times on stage when you just drop that line and you and there's like so many people relying on you that you just feel like your own worst enemy I really liked how uh, they also got Damian Lewis uh, to be Steve McQueen because <laughs> I watch a lot of Billions. He's, uh, you know, the main guy in Billions or one of the main guys in Billions. He's uh, Bobby Axelrod. And I thought that was kind of cool to just see him in the movie play Steve McQueen. Um, I also kind of wanted to talk about um, Brad Pitt for a second. He was my favorite part of the whole movie besides the terrific ending. But his acting as the laid back stunt actor was just fabulous i really enjoyed watching him perform i mean it was just a movie full of just a bunch of elite (laughs) actors so i wasn't expecting to go in there and 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 think they would do you know perform poorly or anything obviously i was already expecting them to do you know well which they did so I, i i don't feel like i was exactly surprised by anybody if anything, I feel like I was impressed maybe by Leonardo DiCaprio just because, you know, he he had to pretend to be an actor who was being another actor. And that that's like actorception. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was cool. And then just also just I don't know. I I feel like just his character Rick Dalton just had a lot of scenes that were just very a lot of times or just a lot of situations that were really tough on the character and I think he portrayed that like really well. Yeah, Leonardo's character was definitely a difficult character to portray. It just, it had a lot of depth and it was kind of actorception, as you said. (laughs) But I think he did, and the relationship between um, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth was very well portrayed. I definitely felt like the bromance was happening. (laughs) It was Um, a definite definite bromance. Okay, let's talk about the ending, though. So at the end, yeah, okay. So at the end, right? It's it's like what everybody has been waiting for, and I love that Brad Pitt's character literally says, "And now what you've been waiting for," as kind of like a breaking the fourth wall almost to everybody in the theater, because everybody knows what's up. Everybody knows what's about to happen, right? Like the infamous murder is about to go down, and I just love that he was like, "And now what you've been waiting for?" I was like, "Oof." here we go all right the guys come out right and uh they're in the car and they go up the driveway but then they get out of the car with all their weapons and they start walking well before that they had a tarantino dialogue you know the long the longer dialogues in the car and it was quite funny but it kind of initially offended me okay why were you offended 
just because they were trying to make the killers funny and i didn't like that because if you know the horrific acts they committed okay well no yeah to me it just wasn't okay i was like wait hold on this is not okay they're gonna go kill no yeah i definitely felt yeah i felt the same yeah i didn't like how they were trying to be funny or whatever i was like like is this supposed to be a joke (laughs) yeah no i I was like what's going on like come on like I was about like I was getting actually really upset because I was like they they killed a yeah like this is terrible pregnant woman like Jesus Christ but then oh my God the satisfaction I got with their Tarantino style execution no yeah and was no, the but, best thing ever <laughs> no and then I I also really love that it was you know paralleling the whole movie right with the with the whole you know fake movies that were being filmed in the actual movie. Right, like with the Western endings and and just all of that stuff. I thought that was also really cool. I just, okay, so before this, right, a bit of context. So Brad Pitt's character, he he smokes this uh, cigarette. Dipped in acid. Yeah, that was dipped in acid. Dipped in acid, yeah. Right, and right when he's about to smoke it, right, he says, and away we go. And that's going to come up later, but I'm just going to say that now. Anyway, so he smokes that, right? And so obviously he's very high. The guys come in, bust through the door. One comes in from the back. He's high. Like, he's high as sh- And he's just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and I just really liked how he was just staring at them. And he was like, are you guys real? <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, whenever that dog went after that, the perpetrator's I was just like, yes. And whenever he smashed her head into the mantelpiece, that's what everyone wanted to do this sick people and that that girl started going just absolutely crazy and just screaming and flailing her arms like you know that that was insane and then when she just smashed and you know through the through the glass <laughs> and just fell in the pool and rick dalton with his headphones he's just like <laughs> like no, what no. the is this? rick dalton's just chilling out in the pool just like with his beer his little headphones <laughs> on like and then she just he <laughs> grabs the flamethrower which I thought was a character of its own. It was just so cool. And he just... Yeah, I thought that was really funny. He just torched yeah, her. Yeah, how he just comes out of the shed with the flamethrower. Like, oof, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, back to the whole, like, you know, paralleling uh, the the old shot that they showed in the, in the beginning of the movie of that, like, uh, you know, other movie that Rick Dalton supposedly did uh, with a flamethrower. <laughs> it was actually based off of a movie... That Ed Burns, which was one of the characters that Tarantino based the character Rick Dalton on, might know him as the announcer from Greece. It's based off the 1964 film, The Secret Invasion. Okay, anyway, so then <laughs> afterwards, you know, after the whole incident and everything, you know, Brad Pitt's character also gets like stabbed in the leg or something. And then, uh, you know, when he gets taken to the hospital, I think it's funny how he says, and away we go, just like he did for the acid trip. I thought that was funny. Yeah. But then at the end of everything, you know, he's uh, he's like, Wow, damn, that was crazy. And, uh, you know, the guys from uh, Sharon Tate's house come down and they're like, are you okay? And he basically explains the whole thing to them. And they're like, wow, that's crazy. You know, and then they they invite him up and they open up the gate uh, for him to come upstairs. And I, I felt like that was almost reminiscent of opening the gates of heaven, right? Honestly. Because of what happened and everything. After the old ordeal that Dalton and Booth faced in the house to see the tate family alive and everything it honestly just the satisfaction 
horrifying ending, it brought tears to my eyes. No, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's that's why it's called, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because, you know, it, it, it is that fairy tale that this is what would have happened in ideal situations, in a fairy tale situation. No, Tarantino rewrote Hollywood history to make it a fairy tale. Exactly. I just loved this movie. The ending, just for the ending, the ending was superb. And then at the end of it, though, uh, <laughs> during the credits, there's there's this little fake commercial, right, that, like, Rick Dalton is doing for cigarettes. And I thought that it was really funny. Jeez, I missed this. Uh, I left. <laughs> nah. So, anyway, so he's smoking the cigarette, and he's like, you know, the best-tasting cigarette. Like, mmm, delicious. And there's this cardboard cutout of him with it, and he's, like, you know, swinging his arm around, and he's like, ah, this is this is the best. And then they say cut, and he, like, spits it out and he steps on and he's like this is the worst tasting piece of and then even after that when it's uh you know just just the credits you know instead of having like music in the background it's just this again it's like a commercial of batman it's like the 1960s adam west batman right and it's like a commercial where they're like oh you just gotta call the bat phone to win a color tv <laughs> and it's i thought that was really again like just all about really uh you know the immersion of getting the people back into the that 1960s, era and everything yeah. and i thought that was <laughs> but i thought that was really funny you know what that's you know what that's equivalent to zach and cody's danimal commercial of today <laughs> buy danimals to win a, a trip with or to see to meet zach and cody it's like 10 years old oh that's not today <laughs> well it obviously had such a big impact on me <laughs> okay, i bought I animals <laughs> all right i guess it's the animals of today <laughs> overall nine out of ten stars um i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and agree you're gonna agree with me yeah i'm gonna say yeah nine out of ten my main reason for not giving it a 10 was simply because i felt it was definitely you know a, a little drawn out um it you know, three hours, well, it was just under three hours, but still, you know, three hours is, is pretty long. Uh, there were some things that could have been cut, but uh, still overall, you know, definitely a, 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 a great movie. I, I agree with you. I, I thought the time limit was okay, but yes, you're right. It was definitely a little bit drawn out. In order to craft that kind of era of the 1960s, you kind of had to like immerse yourself and spend a little bit of time on it, but there were a few things that could have been shortened. 